It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, April 25th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Secretary of State Blinken and Defense Secretary Austin meet with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev. Emmanuel Macron wins another term as French president. Stocks in China plunge on COVID concerns. And Twitter grows more receptive toward Elon Musk's takeover offer. A New York City firefighter has died in the line of duty, plus the Supreme Court is set to hear arguments involving the separation of church and state. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshaw in sports. The Mets and Yankees both won NBA playoff wins from Milwaukee, Miami, Denver, and New Orleans. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We're coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 36 points, and Dow futures down 271, and NASDAQ futures down 92. 10-year Treasury up 18.30 seconds, yield 2.82%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.60%. Nathan. Karen, we'll get back to markets in just a minute, but first, a significant diplomatic development in the war in Ukraine. Secretary Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin have met with President Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev. They announced $165 million in ammunition sales and said U.S. diplomats will return to Ukraine as soon as this week. Secretary Blinken says Ukraine will prevail on the battlefield. Russia has already failed and Ukraine has already succeeded because the principal aim that President Putin brought to this, in his own words, was to fully subsume Ukraine back into Russia to take away its sovereignty and independence. And that has not happened and clearly will not happen. Secretary of State Blinken was joined by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who says the U.S. wants to ensure Russia remains weakened. It has already lost a lot of military capability uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of its troops, quite frankly. And uh, we want to see them not have the capability to 
very quickly reproduce that capability. Secretaries Austin and Blinken are the highest-ranking U.S. officials to visit Ukraine since Russia's invasion began. In France this morning, Nathan, politics front and center. Emmanuel Macron has won a second term as president. And we get more from Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix in Paris. Emmanuel Macron defeated far-right leader Marine Le Pen on a pro-business, pro-European platform. He's the first sitting president to get a second term in 20 years. Macron is on course to win about 58% of the vote, compared with 42% for Le Pen, a narrower victory than the previous contest in 2017. The outcome is good news for investors who had predicted that a Le Pen victory would deliver a shock to markets on the scale of the UK's vote to leave the EU or the election of Donald Trump in the US. But the rise in support for Marine Le Pen's nationalist program also reflects a bitterly divided country. Speaking to supporters in front of the Eiffel Tower in Paris, Macron thanked French voters for trusting him after five years of hard times. He acknowledged many people voted for him only to block the far right and vowed to be president of all. In Paris, I'm Francine Lacroix, Bloomberg Daybreak. Francine, thanks. In Asia overnight, stocks in China plunged almost 5%. A worsening COVID outbreak is fueling fears of a bigger slowdown in the world's second largest economy. And we get more from Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis. Authorities have locked down some parts of the capital. Policymakers are racing to prevent a repeat of the Shanghai outbreak. That has hobbled the city for weeks. Shanghai reported record daily deaths over the weekend. That the lockdowns could hurt growth, oil and iron ore tumbled in Monday morning trading. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., we're focusing on Twitter. The social media company is growing more receptive to Elon Musk's $43 billion takeover offer. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Bloomberg sources say Elon Musk met with Twitter executives on Sunday to discuss his offer. Twitter's board initially countered Musk's proposal with a poison pill, which would make it more expensive for any investor, including Musk, to acquire stock beyond a 15% stake. Musk currently owns about 9% of Twitter. But the Wall Street Journal reports Musk says he will not adjust his $54.20 a share offer for Twitter. That's above Friday's closing price. The Journal also reports a deal could be finalized as soon as this week. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thanks. Corporate earnings are also in focus with more than a third of the companies in the S&P 500 reporting this week. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Apple, Amazon, and other technology giants report results as do major industrial, healthcare, and consumer goods companies. Sarah Malik is chief investment officer at Nuveen. What we're watching for for earnings are what's the demand outlook, pricing power, supply chain issues. So going forward, you know, we're so bullish that earnings will continue to drive this market higher. This week, we hear from Alphabet, Microsoft, Intel, and Texas Instruments, among tech names. Also this week, 3M, Boeing, GE, GM, Ford, Caterpillar, ExxonMobil, and Visa. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Another impact on earnings, employee pay. According to a survey by the National Association for Business Economics, wages increased at a record 70% of U.S. companies in the first quarter. About half of the firms surveyed are still reporting shortages of skilled labor. Turning to politics now, Karen, a warning to fellow Democrats from Senator Elizabeth Warren. She says her party could be in real trouble in this year's elections if it doesn't do more about inflation. I think we're going to be in real trouble if we don't get up and deliver then I believe that Democrats are going to lose. Democrats win when they do what when they work on behalf of working people. Senator Elizabeth Warren tells CNN Democrats must push through legislation to tamp down soaring prices. 
Well, Nathan, Christine Lagarde is also speaking out about inflation. The ECB president says both the U.S. and Europe are struggling to contain prices, but the challenges are different. Right now, half of Europe's inflation stems from surging energy costs. I believe that um, we share the same resolve, uh, which is to tame inflation, which is to use all the tools that we have to do so. But we are facing a different beast. ECB President Christine Lagarde tells CBS's Face the Nation that if she raised interest rates today, it would not bring down energy prices. You can catch Face the Nation every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio. Looking at uh, energy prices right now, Karen Nymex crude's down 4.4% or $4.42 at $97.65 a barrel. Futures are moving lower as well. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 47 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with an accident investigation on the Garden State Parkway past exit 116. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Officials say a New York City firefighter and a civilian have died in a Brooklyn house fire where a ceiling partially collapsed. Acting Fire Department of New York Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh said 31-year-old firefighter Timothy Klein was a six-year veteran of the department. The incident commander identified deteriorating conditions and ordered all members out of the building. As they were doing so, there was a partial collapse of the ceiling. Four members were caught in that collapse. Commissioner Kavanaugh says eight other firefighters were also injured and another resident sustained minor injuries. Mayor Eric Adams mourned Klein's death, saying the city had lost one of its bravest. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams also talked about crime in the city. We removed 1,800 guns off the streets of our city since I've been elected, 1,800. And so we're putting in place the foundation of dealing with the immediate needs of violence, but we're also stopping the pipeline that causes children to get involved in violence. Mayor Adams made his comments on CBS's 60 Minutes, which aired last night. As COVID cases rise in New York City, the new commissioner of health in New York City, Dr. Ashwin Vassan, is disappointed in learning that some city teachers got fake vaccination cards to keep their jobs. It really undermines trust. It undermines trust in one another. It undermines trust in public health. It undermines trust in government. Dr. Vassan also says he disagrees with the federal judge's ruling to end the mask mandates for passengers on planes, trains, and buses. Jury selection begins today in one of the highest-profile U.S. Capitol riot trials, A former New York City cop is accused of assaulting Washington police on January 6th. Thomas Webster is charged with assaulting police at the Capitol. Webster is expected to argue self-defense against an officer who was overstepping. The Supreme Court is set to hear arguments today in the case of a former high school football coach in Bremerton, Washington. Joseph Kennedy was fired by the public school district after refusing to stop praying on the field after games. Kennedy says his First Amendment rights were violated. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshower. All right, Nathan, some early season struggles, and yet here are the Yankees right now tied for the best record in the American League. They just had their most lopsided win of the year, and their first series sweep beat the Guardians at the stadium 10-2. Anthony Rizzo got him going. Two-run homer first inning. Yanks were up 6 nothing by the third. Plenty of run support for Garrett Cole. Got his first win, got a nice ovation from the crowd. 
obviously nice. Uh, just a nice day overall. Really well played game. I thought it was a um, just a good finish to the series. We fought hard um, and really just put a cherry on top and played a, played a complete three games. The fans and the bleachers behave themselves after what happened Saturday. Yanks are off tonight. The most Baltimore tomorrow. Mets with a 6-2 win at Arizona as Tyler McGill improved to 3-0 and the Mets have now played five series and they've won all five. They're in St. Louis tonight. Battle of National League Division leaders. Final week of the NHL regular season. Carolina just beat the Islanders 5-2 to and that puts the Hurricanes four points ahead of the Rangers as the two teams fight to win the division. The Canes Face the Rangers at the Garden tomorrow night. At Barclays tonight, Nets and Celtics game four with Boston going for the sweep. There was some hope that facing elimination, the Nets would have Ben Simmons in the lineup for the first time ever, but citing his sore back, Simmons will not play to stay alive. The Nets clearly need a better game from Kevin Durant. He has been decisively outplayed in the series by the Celtics star Jason Tatum. Milwaukee and Miami, easy wins on the road for 3-1 series leads in the East and the West. Denver stayed alive, still trails Golden State 3-1. New Orleans beat Phoenix. That series tied at 2. John Stash Network, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. All right, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are down 38 points. Dow futures down 291. NASDAQ futures are lower by 106 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 17.30 seconds. The yield, 2.83%. Yield on the two-year right now, 2.60%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny today with highs in the low 60s, mid-60s tomorrow with a chance for a few showers. We'll be back in the upper 50s by Wednesday, but turning partly sunny. Right now, 47 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks and commodities are tumbling this morning as China's worsening COVID outbreak compounds fears sparked by faster Federal Reserve tightening. Bonds are rising. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 37 points. Dow futures down 281. NASDAQ futures down 98. The DAX in Germany is down 1.7 percent. Ten-year Treasury up 17.30 seconds. Yield 2.83 percent. They yield on the two-year 2.60 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 4 0.1% on $4.23 at $97.84 a barrel. Comex Gold is down 9 tenths percent or $17.10 at $19.17.20 an ounce. The Euro, 1.0735 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2724. The Yen at 128.19. Bitcoin this morning lower down 2.5% at $38,520. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Ukrainian officials say the U.S. Secretaries of State and Defense have met with President Volodymyr Zelensky in Kyiv. The two American officials said the U.S. would be providing more than $700 million in new military assistance for Ukraine. French President Emmanuel Macron has secured another term in office, handily defeating his far-right opponent, Marine Le Pen. Macron won a second term with roughly 58% of the vote. Le Pen got about 42%. 
In MLB, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox and Orioles lost. The Giants beat the Nationals 12-3. The A's won. In the NBA playoffs, it is do or die tonight for the Nets. They have to beat the Celtics in Game 4 of their series to avoid being eliminated. The Warriors lost to the Nuggets. Golden State still has a three games to one lead in that series. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's turn now to what's happening in Asia. We did see a major sell-off in Chinese stocks overnight. It's having reverberations throughout the market this morning with a surge of COVID cases in Beijing raising fears of the kinds of lockdowns that sent Shanghai into a panic earlier this month. For more, we're joined from Hong Kong this morning by Bloomberg Chief Asia Economics Correspondent Enda Curran. Enda, good morning. Just how bad is the COVID situation in Beijing from how we can see it right now? So the total caseload, Nathan, is very low. I think it's officially below 30, but that's not the real story. The concern is that Beijing has a kind of a stealth spread underway of Omicron, and we all know how transmissive that is. And the concern is now that China will be heading for two of its most important cities being under lockdown. Shanghai's lockdown continues to grind on there as as cases remain somewhat uh, elevated, and the authorities remain committed to COVID zero. Now, Beijing is not yet under lockdown. What's going on, what's going on is that one part of it, the Chaoyang district, which is home to about three and a half million people, uh, which is kind of an expatty part of town, uh, banking part of town, they are forcing through a lot of mandatory testing. And there are some communities, maybe 14 communities that have been described as being sealed off by the authorities, but a citywide lockdown is not yet in place. The concern though is if that the authorities deem that the cases aren't under control at some point soon, then, of course, you'll see a broader lockdown. And that's why we've seen reports of panic shopping in the supermarkets and, of course, that big reaction on on markets where you had the yuan sell-off down to it's the onshore yuan felt it was weakest in 17 months. A stock slumped and iron ore came off because, of course, another lockdown would be very bad for the economic story. Yeah, we certainly saw how bad it was uh, for Shanghai when that lockdown was underway. But we have started to see some of those restrictions get lifted in Shanghai. Does that give us any indication of how things could play out in Beijing? It's a modest easing, according to our, our reporting from there. You know, they're lifting it in a piecemeal basis where there is where they believe there isn't examples of community spread. But, you know, we've also read reports of uh, restrictions being eased and restrictions being reinforced at the same time. And by the way, over the weekend, we reported that fences were being installed around Shanghai to seal off buildings where positive cases had been found. So, you know, Shanghai remains under quite restrictive circumstances, I think. And there is no sense of an end game to it yet. But what I would say, Nathan, is that for all of the economic hit, there are those who say, if China can get these infections under control, that they will then reopen pretty quickly and allow the factories and production and industrial production to get motoring again pretty soon and to allow, of course, consumers to get shopping again. So that would obviously negate the hit to the economy. But that's obviously the big question. When will China get these cases under control and when will they be confident enough to allow people to move around freely again? And that's a serious question right now. 
And you have to think, and there are some political considerations as well with uh, President Xi Jinping of trying to keep support among not just the Politburo, but the Chinese people themselves. Or has he consolidated power enough that he can weather this no matter how the COVID situation plays out? Well, you'd have to say it's a big test because, uh, you know, China is facing its biggest pandemic uh, outbreak now since all of this began way back in early 2020. Uh, so this is a big test of the whole COVID zero approach. And, and if you take social media as, as a metric, as one gauge of popular sentiment in Shanghai, we know people have been naturally very upset by what's going on. So the authorities are definitely under pressure. There's no doubt about it. And if Beijing went into a big lockdown, then you'd have to say it will surely be a test of the whole overall COVID zero strategy. And that's happening at a time when the economy is already under some pressure from external forces like the Russia invasion of Ukraine, which is royal commodity markets, uh, and of course, signs of slowing demand for Chinese exports. So there's definitely a lot of economic pressure on the authorities. But that said, Nathan, there hasn't been any real signal of a retreat from COVID zero just yet. In fact, all the signaling has been quite adamant about it. Last week, we had President Xi Jinping in Hainan. He spoke spoke virtually to the Boao Forum there, and he made the point that you know, the primacy of people's lives has to be put above all else. He's used previous forums to make the point that COVID zero has got to be uh, maintained in order to protect the people. And of course, the state press make the point that living with COVID, as, as, as we'll say, the broad West has adjusted to, is not the model and not the way forward for China. One particular weakness, I would say, Nathan, is mm-hmm. the vaccination rate for the elderly in China uh, is off the pace. And that's been seen as a vulnerability. All right. Bloomberg Chief Asia Economics Correspondent Enda Curran with us this morning from Hong Kong as those concerns about potential lockdowns in Beijing are reverberating through markets. Right now we have S&P futures down 33 points, Dow futures down 254, NASDAQ futures lower by 88 points. Just ahead, Biden's cabinet visits Kiev and Twitter gives Elon Musk's takeover offer a second look. The five things you need to know to start your day just ahead. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, low 60s today. A few showers possible tomorrow, a high near 65. Upper 50s for Wednesday, turning partly sunny. Right now, 47 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It's time for the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 0.83% to 1.83%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin visited Ukraine yesterday to meet with the country's President Volodymyr Zelensky. It's the highest level U.S. visit to Ukraine since Russia began its invasion. Austin said he wants to see Russia continue to lose its military capability. We want to see Russia uh, weakened uh, to the degree that it can't uh, do the kinds of things that uh, it has done uh, in, in invading Ukraine. 
U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Zelensky in Kiev. The U.S. promised over $700 million in financial assistance for Ukraine and its allies. And Blinken also announced diplomats will soon be returning to the country. And U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was speaking after his visit. Well, meantime in France, Karen Emmanuel Macron secured a victory over Marine Le Pen in the country's presidential election yesterday. Macron is the first incumbent to win a second term in France in two decades. In China, stocks are slumping as a COVID outbreak is stoking fears of a lockdown in Beijing. U.S. futures and European stocks also dropped. Right now, S&P futures are down 36 points and NASDAQ futures are down 100. On the earnings front this week, Karen, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet and Microsoft all report, as do many major industrial, healthcare, and consumer goods companies. Well, while Big Tech reports earnings, Twitter is growing more receptive to Elon Musk's $43 billion takeover offer. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Bloomberg sources say Elon Musk met with Twitter executives on Sunday to discuss his offer. Twitter's board initially countered Musk's proposal with a poison pill, which would make it more expensive for any investor, including Musk, to acquire stock beyond a 15% stake. Musk currently owns about 9% of Twitter. But the Wall Street Journal reports Musk said he will not adjust his $54.20 a share offer for Twitter. That's above Friday's closing price. The Journal also reports a deal could be finalized as soon as this week. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And futures again moving lower this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. 633 on Wall Street, 48 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with that accident investigation on the southbound Garden State Parkway. We'll get you the details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A New York City firefighter was killed and others injured after a house fire in Brooklyn. More than 100 firefighters were at the scene. The three-alarm blaze. Mayor Eric Adams says 31-year-old Timothy Klein was one of four firefighters caught in a partial ceiling collapse. It gives us great pain and sorrow to announce that New York City has lost one of its bravest. Mayor Adams also says a civilian apparently died in the blaze. The Supreme Court is taking on a dispute between public school officials and a former high school football coach who wanted to kneel and pray on the field after games. The case before the justices involves Joseph Kennedy. He is a former football coach at Bremerton High School in Bremerton, Washington. Rachel Leiser, president and CEO of Americans United for Separation of Church and State, representing the school district, says Kennedy was asked to stop because there's a thin line between church and state. When you're acting as an agent of the state, you can't impose your religious views or practices on school children. And this has been clearly established law for decades. Rachel Leiser, president and CEO of Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Kennedy's lawyers say the Constitution's freedom of speech and freedom of religion guarantees him to pray on the field. The Biden administration is appealing a federal judge's ruling to end the mask mandate for passengers on planes, trains, and buses 
The termination of those CDC travel restrictions come as COVID cases are rising in places like New York City. The new Commissioner of Health in New York City, Dr. Ashwin Vassan, says he's disappointed. Number one, from a public health standpoint, wearing masks in indoor settings is is safe. It's a safety issue. Um, and planes, trains, and automobiles and um, public transport is are really important higher-risk locations because of the duration of exposure. Dr. Fasan also says it really undermines trust when some city teachers got fake vaccination cards to keep their jobs. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashow. Good morning, Nathan. Strong start to the Mets season continues. They won 6-2 at Arizona's Tyler McGill improved to 3-0, a home run for J.D. Davis. The Mets have now played five series, and they've lost once and only once in each series. Play a little better team now. Cardinals first place in the NL Central. Max Scherzer, St. Louis native, on the mound in St. Louis for the Mets tonight. Yankees. First sweep of the season ended with our most lopsided win, 10-2 over the Guardians at the stadium. The Yanks were up 6-0 by the third inning. Home runs for Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMayu, and the seldom used Tim Locastro. And Garrett Cole, able to get his first win, able to lower his ERA down to four. Yankees are off tonight. Barkley's tonight. Nets face elimination. Celtics go for the series sweep. Nets coach Steve Nash, after the Game 3 loss, asked if Kevin Durant's quiet series is the biggest problem. The unforced turnovers. I don't think Kevin has to go off. You know, we, we, we shot a good percentage. We moved the ball. It's just the ones that we just gave up. You know, poor decision-making, not connecting, simple passes, and they're going the other way. You know, that's, to me, is been the difference in all three games. The Nets, of course, made the big trade with Philadelphia, shipped out James Harden. The key player they got in return was Ben Simmons, but Simmons... Didn't play at all for the Sixers, had mental issues, and then he hurt his back while getting ready to play for the Nets. He was said to be set to make his Nets debut tonight. It would be his first game in nearly a year, but Simmons woke up yesterday with the back still sore. He will not play. Milwaukee and Miami with wins at Chicago and Atlanta, and the Bucks and Heat have 3-1 series leads. Denver won. Still trails Golden State 3-1. New Orleans beat Phoenix. That series surprisingly tied at 2 John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Kriti, if you look at the index level, it looks like everything's moving lower. Everything, uh, which is kind of important here to take a step back. Before we do that, let's talk about the handful of stocks. And I really mean, I really mean a handful, Nathan. Only four stocks in the oh, green this morning. Okay. And that's, I'm just going to read them to you here. The biggest one, I think, is Twitter that everyone cares about. This, of course, coming after a report. This is from the Wall Street Journal that Elon Musk and the board have come to some sort of agreement. Now, of course, we do know that there has been that, uh, kind of poison pill talk of how the board wanted to prevent Elon Musk or at least get maybe a higher offer. Now reports suggest that that $43 billion offer that's really, or million, four billion, I'm sorry, billion dollar, it's Monday, Nathan. Yeah, it is. Uh, billion dollar <laughs> offer uh, still is on the table. They're going to work out how the financing works out though. So whether or not that reporting can be confirmed, can be backed up, um, that's of course we're going to be waiting to hear. But for now, investors kind of bullish on Twitter, especially on a risk off day today, TWTR up 0.8%. The other one that's getting quite a bit of attention is Penn National Gaming. This comes after a Morgan Stanley analyst raised the recommendation to an overweight from an equal weight. The price target set to 
$51, a 40% increase from the last. That's a kind of a recommendation that's boosting Penn shares, P-E-N-N, up 2.9%, Nathan. Now, obviously, the morning seems to be dominated by what's happening in China, the growth concerns there with the worry about COVID lockdowns. Could things turn around, though, later on this week when we start to hear from a lot of companies in the S&P reporting earnings? Well, this is such a make-or-break week, Nathan, because it's tech earnings, and it comes down to uh, the weightings, essentially. I mean, if you look at some of the pre-market movers this morning, your biggest decliners in the S&P 500, they're not your tech names, which is what you would think on a China sell-off. They're actually your commodity names, which is really a direct result of this idea that if Beijing goes under lockdown, which is uh, perhaps the fear here, a lockdown similar to the likes of Shanghai, a capital, imagine Washington, D.C., the entire city going under lockdown. Oh, yeah. That would That's the kind of scale that they're talking about in a much more populated region, I, I should say. So that's really the concern here. Names like uh, Freeport McMoran, FCX is your ticker, down 4.4% in just the pre-market trading. Oil names as well, Occidental, OXY, down 3.7%. And then, of course, you have the likes of Devon Energy, DVN, up down 3.6%. And, of course, some of those attack names following and really dragging the rest of the market down with it. All right, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. We know the market will be open no matter what happens uh, later on this morning. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole ahead of that, as we say, they are moving lower. With S&P futures now down 40 points, Dow futures down 307, NASDAQ futures on the decline by 119 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 22.30 seconds. The yield 2.81% and the yield on the two-year right now 2.59%. More on the cabinet visit to Kiev and Elizabeth Warren's warning to Democrats. Emily Wilkins of Bloomberg Government joins us next from Washington. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, low 60s today. We could see a few showers tomorrow with a high near 65. Upper 50s to near 60 Wednesday as we turn partly sunny. Right now, 48 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are falling this morning. We have the first word of breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are under pressure after Friday's plunge, with Dow futures down 300 points. S&P's dropped 39, while Nasdaq futures are down by 110. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.82%. Gold is down 16. Oil is also falling. And Bitcoin is down by 2.6%. Shanghai dropped 5.1% overnight, while European markets are also in the red, led by 2% losses in the U.K. and France. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, Chicago Fed. In deal news, Twitter is growing more open toward Musk's takeover offer. And regarding earnings this morning, look for Coca-Cola to report in the pre-market. Wrapping things up, Newmont was cut to market perform at Bernstein. Verizon was cut to neutral over at Goldman Sachs. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. After a secrecy-shrouded visit to Kiev, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Russia is failing in its war and aims to have Ukraine succeeding. The trip by Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was the highest-level American visit to the capital since Russia invaded in late February. 
Crews are fighting a fast-moving wildfire in New Mexico. Firefighters in Colfax County near Las Vegas are battling the Cook's Peak Fire. The flames have expanded to more than 48,000 acres. In MLB, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox and Orioles lost. The Giants beat the Nationals 12-3. The A's won. In the NBA playoffs, it's do or die tonight for the Nets. They have to beat the Celtics in game four of their series to avoid being eliminated. The Warriors lost to the Nuggets. Golden State still has a three games to one lead in that series. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. America may have eaten its fill of takeout chicken wings. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. When Americans were confronted with the worst pandemic in more than a century, they reacted in some surprising ways. One of them was to order lots of chicken wings. Same-store sales at restaurant chain Wingstop rose 32% in the second quarter of 2020. As other fast food brands and new-style ghost kitchens got in on the wings action, wholesale chicken wing prices more than doubled in 12 months. Wings are easy to prepare and stand up well to delivery, making them a great choice for idle restaurant kitchens and hungry consumers during lockdowns. Now that things have returned kind of sort of to normal, wholesale wing prices and Wingstop stock are down 40%. Both are still higher than before the pandemic. Wings aren't over, just taking a break. I'm Justin Fox. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time. And Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT offers New Jersey's first undergraduate degree in fintech. Tech-driven, finance-focused. Learn more at njit.edu slash fintech. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. In China, the coronavirus outbreak has gotten worse. A rising number of cases in Beijing has sparked jitters about an unprecedented lockdown of the capital. Policymakers are trying to avert a Shanghai-style crisis that has already wreaked havoc on that city. There's another risk to global food inflation. The top producer of palm oil, Indonesia, says it'll ban exports until the government is certain a domestic shortage is resolved. Palm oil is used in packaged foods and as cooking oil. It's also used in non-food items such as detergents and cosmetics. And Netflix Netflix earnings disappointment is still rippling through the markets. The Nasdaq 100 index or 100 index has erased about one trillion dollars in market value since the streaming company's report. The stock is the worst performer in the S&P 500 this year, down 64 percent. On the bright side, Netflix has surged about 20,000 percent since going public in 2002. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen. Thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's coming up to 6:52 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin promising more weapons and the return of diplomats in a visit to Kiev. Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shmiel tells CBS's Face the Nation the visit with President Volodymyr Zelensky is as important for the U.S. as it is for Ukraine. To see by their own eyes what's happened, uh, which atrocities and war crimes 
Russian army and Russian Federation uh, made in Ukraine. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres plans to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow tomorrow. Ukrainian Deputy Chief of Staff Ior Zhovka tells NBC's Meet the Press that's not a good idea. Any peace talks are good if they end with the result. I really doubt if those peace talks organized by Secretary General of the UN would end up with any result. Also making news, Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren warning her party is in trouble going into the midterms unless it does more about inflation. Democrats ran and always run on trying to make government work for working people. We've got nearly 200 days left. That's what we need to put our energy on. Senator Warren spoke there on Meet the Press, which you can hear every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio, along with Face the Nation. Let's get more now from Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, starting off with the visit of uh, Secretaries Blinken and Austin to Kiev. Emily, this was much more than just about symbolism. There was news made in Kiev. Yes, um, the U.S. has pledged more than $700 million uh, in continued aid to Ukraine. And that came with this visit by Secretary Blinken and Secretary Austin. And they're saying also that starting next week, other U.S. diplomats are, diplomats are going to be able to return to Ukraine as well, and that the embassy is going to open soon after. So really showing that the U.S. is now at the point where they are starting to really come back to Ukraine uh, uh, this is going on even as there is still a continued battle uh, in Mariupol over the steel plant and while Russian forces are really concentrating on the eastern part of the country. Um, at the same point, there's a sense that, that Kyiv is slightly safer than, than I guess it has been in the past or there's simply an ability now for the U.S. to be there. Um, after it initially evacuated all its diplomats several months ago. Now, I know Congress is heading back from its recess back to Capitol Hill. When do we expect debate to resume on even further aid to Ukraine? So we know that there's going to be legislation this week that's going to make that's going to go through the House. It's already passed the Senate. And basically, it's just going to make it easier for President Biden to send defense systems over to Ukraine. It's going to uh, take down some of the waivers and whatnot that would need to be done initially. Uh, We're also expecting an additional funding request from the White House to Congress. Uh, We don't know exactly how much that's going to be. Congress still hasn't gotten that request from the White House, but Leaders in Congress say that once they get that request, they're going to be moving very quickly on it. Uh, it could be as soon as this week, might might need to wait for a little bit, um, just depending on when, it, when the White House gets the request there. But it's something there's a lot of bipartisan support on. I think the big question, though, is if a bill like that is introduced, will lawmakers try to add other items to it? I'm thinking perhaps uh, in regards with immigration, that Title 42 that's about to be lifted, uh, that would end certain restrictions on migrants crossing at the southern border. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that potentially coming into play because as Congress returns, we're going to have the return of politics and the battle for the midterms. And we certainly heard from uh, Senator Warren sort of laying down the stakes for uh, what could be coming for Democrats. Yeah, Warren told said over the weekend that her party could be in real trouble if the party doesn't do more to address high inflation. And one of the things that Warren is suggesting doing at this point is really going after large, large companies, which she says have been price gouging a 
because of inflation, they felt like they can go ahead and continue to raise their prices. She called on the Federal Trade Commission uh, to investigate and to prosecute. And Nathan, this is something we've already seen Congress begin on. We've seen hearings about whether or not companies are raising their prices more than they need to be at this point in time. Um, and if there are things going on that that really these companies can be held accountable for. Um, on the other point, there really are, you know, trade backups. Uh, there's definitely you know, still an impact from the pandemic at a global level. And so there are supply chain issues that are impacting inflation that that really are going to be difficult for Democrats to try and control in any way, shape or form. Now, with just a few months until that midterm election, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joining us this morning from Washington, D.C. And you can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. We're watching Coca-Cola earnings crossing the Bloomberg. So first quarter comparable uh, profit uh, coming in, beating analyst estimates, 64 cents a share, and also organic revenue in the quarter up 18%. Analysts were looking for a rise of 9.5%, so that easily beat as well. And also, uh, they talked about the Russia impact here with that situation. It's estimated to be 1% to unit case volume. Now, I've been watching shares in the early trade uh, uh, they were weighed down right after uh, those earnings crossed, but then they they trimmed some of those losses. And in the early trade, they were down about four tenths of a percent at last check. Futures this morning are also moving lower, and Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Plus.